0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to
1: another episode of
0: 40-ish, where Jason bitches about not going to Kid Rock shows with John.
1: <laughs> listen, listen right now. So, uh, I've been to a Kid Rock show here in Kalamazoo, right? But uh, it's been a while. Man. It's been a while. There it is. There it is. And, and I had to pay out of my own pocket.
0: And, and there's the second part. <laughs>
1: and I was a young buck who had free-flowing money before weddings and kids and all that jacked up stuff. But uh, anyway, welcome to episode 33. We are, uh, well, we're joined by John, who already made an ass of himself, jackass. And
0: uh, last I'm not the one that was crying when I already took you to a Miss May I concert already. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that was one
1: hell of an experience, but Wow. Wow. Uh, if, for those out there who don't know who Miss May I is, uh, check them out there. Yeah, you're just too old. It, well, I'm... <laughs> and Lance, hey, Lance, how's it going? Uh,
2: good. I, I'm down here in South there in North Carolina. In the, uh, don't don't you know anything it? about what you guys are don't talking me? about. but Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> John, will, I, I you I do your,
1: will you do I, the work and see if Miss May I has played in uh, North Carolina at all? Well, I mean, they probably have. They've right. toured the world. so Yes, the world. But not. Yeah, we are of part of, of the we are for, well. We are part of the world, so we are yeah. the world. <laughs> uh, anybody singing, the, you will get kicked, uh, kicked uh, off. And we are. Uh, we are actually honored to be joined by a special guest, uh, coming in from the farther reaches from Michigan than well, same coast as Lance is on. Let's just go with that. Uh, through our friend here, John Moody, uh, we welcome in Jen Tunin. Jen, welcome to the podcast.
3: Tonin. damn it,
0: <laughs> he still screwed it up.
1: <laughs> now, now, now you guys have to wow. decide: did I do that
2: intentionally or not intentionally? Intentionally.
0: You know, it was intentionally, or you're just stupid.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I repeated it like 14 times to himself about, about a minute ago. That's uh, that's <laughs> how I roll.
1: Uh, Jen, welcome to the podcast. Can you give us your uh, your your elevator pitch as to who you may be? And why it's so relevant that you're joining us for tonight's episode, which is all about games. And why and how, you know. Uh, Well, John.
3: Well, I don't know if I can give you the elevator pitch, maybe the escalator pitch. A little bit slower. Um, So I am a producer at Bethesda Softworks. I have worked on games such as Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Prey, uh, Fallout New Vegas, and uh, a little bit of Skyrim which some people might have heard right. of. And uh, it's, a, it's a really fun job. I've been in the game industry for uh, coming up on 10 years now. So at this point, I'm a grizzled veteran.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> know a little, a little bit about games. But uh, I've, I've been a gamer since I was you know, four or five. And it's just been a part of who I am for so long. And I'm so lucky that I've actually ended up in the very thing that I love so much. And uh, I know John through musical things and social media, Facebook, and he gets to witness all the horrible shit I talk about all the time and
0: It's not horrible. I mean it's just sarcastic.
3: That's yeah. why we get along. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. So that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell.
1: Excellent. Well thank you so much for for jumping in and uh, being a part of this wackiness that we call a typical Tuesday night. So, um, well,
3: thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So we uh, we'll be transparent here. The original topic that we were talking about with gaming was uh, the idea of a family game night, and we used to were discussing what games we played when we grew up and what we might play with our own families or friends now. But uh, since you are in the realm of video games, we'll get there. Cool. But I'm going to ask everybody this question. Have you played a card or board game as of late uh, or some sort of game that, uh, with, with friends or family that you're willing to share? And uh, what what was it? Because uh, I have one, but there's one I still haven't played that I want to play. So, John, what do,
0: what do you got? Uh, actually, <clears throat> over the uh, family vacation, I took up Exploding Kittens. <laughs> ah. Yes. <laughs> but I made sure it was the... Uh, not suitable for work version of course because, yeah well i mean if you get the option so um yeah and there's nothing like uh playing that with your uh with your dad and stepmom and having your stepmom just pull one of the exploding kittens that is well i mean the whole card deck is inappropriate at that point so so i've heard of this but i have not played it can you uh clue me I mean, in a little bit it's the yeah best. it's the dude the dude from the oatmeal okay that that made it, and it's basically Russian roulette. Really? So it's yeah. Instead of bullets, you get exploding kittens, and it's you know you can have some things you know that are okay, but then some of the other ones are just they're offhand. They're, I don't remember them, but they're just they're just poor. They're taste. pretty
3: terrible. I, I played yeah. it once with my mom. It was just the two of us, and she's used to my shenanigans at this point, and she got some card that was like an old lady with giant windsock boobies and we were just laughing hysterically
0: yep yep
1: so how would you would you compare it to uh like a cards against
0: humanity kind of vibe or is it something totally different it's kind of like that a little bit kind of along the same lines of um laughing at completely inappropriate things then almost borderline i'm not even sure this is even inappropriate
1: gotcha so nice I actually yep. we might have to play that, John. I've never we may have to do that. That might have we to be f- for, for for research purposes of course, so <laughs> right. Uh, Lance, how about you? Played anything as of late?
2: Um I, I think probably the last thing I played was uh you know, the standard cards against humanity. Um uh, card game. Um and I've I've tried Teaching a couple people euchre, uh down Ooh, here, so that worked out. It worked out oh, okay. I mean, they they kind of get kind of understood the concept, but it's like you got to you got to play it for fourteen hours straight before you really understand it. So
0: right, you got to take them on a band trip, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 bus, yeah, bus yeah. trip. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I feel like I never realized how much of a uh, of a uh, Midwest game euchre was until you meet people from like florida or california they're like yeah i've heard of it but i have no concept in the world well, i mean
0: you can ask jen right now if
1: she's played it jen you ever played euchre
3: i've only played bob euchre does
1: that count <laughs> that was just huh. a bit outside yes. um,
3: <laughs> no i've i've never played it
1: and you were born and raised on the east coast
3: Yep, Maryland
1: forever. Maryland forever. You guys have the most jacked up flag for your sports team, I swear to God. It's like we <laughs> well, couldn't decide, different... so we everybody gets a piece of the flag.
3: We just have like a 100 colors, no big.
1: Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> And all, all around a terrapin, some kind of turtle thing. It's just, I don't, I, I don't understand.
3: I don't understand. I don't sports, so. Eh. You don't do sports ball. I, I don't do sports.
1: I wish I didn't do sports. It'd be so much easier some weekends. Uh, <laughs> Jen. <The> weekends. <laughs> weekends in the fall. Uh, yeah. It starts with the high school and rolls all the way through Sunday. I mean, we, I root for the Detroit Lions for God's sake, Lance. You know I'm a perpetual loser. Yeah, you're a sadist. Yeah, kind of. Kinda. Could be
3: the Browns.
1: Could be the Browns, but we're still got that old sixteen season first. <laughs> uh, how about you, Jen? What have you played as of late?
3: So I, I think my roommate would murder me if I didn't mention Arcadia Quest. Uh, we're both, she and I, are pretty big board game nerds, and we've got the the uh, giant shelf or twelve. Of games and uh, this one is it's a board game but it's it's a co-op RPG style it's got lots of little miniatures and it's a campaign style thing where you can either work together or you can sabotage each other but it's more beneficial to play co-op and you can actually uh, dungeon crawl get to a certain point stop and we like to take pictures so we can see our loadouts and all that stuff, all our cards that we have, and then you can pick it up another time. And the campaigns can span, you know, as long as you want. And uh, I think we've got, I don't know, like seven or eight expansions. So it's it's an incredibly long game and it's very involved, but it's super fun. And you can hmm. certainly kill an evening uh, drinking and doing horrible things to each other if you so choose.
2: So what game is this, Jen? I'm sorry.
3: Uh, it's called Arcadia Quest.
2: Okay,
1: so um, are you a, a type of person that is all all about like uh, new new wave tabletop games or like stuff that? So I'm, the reason I ask is I was reintroduced to non traditional tabletop games about five or six years ago through uh, Will Wheaton's show that uh, Tabletop,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, which led me to the first time I ever played Settlers of Catan. Right, um, and that was kind of as far as I went. There's another one I got to remember the name of it, but uh, so that that is kind of your realm. Are you someone who will go out with friends, hit up a, because you're not doing this at Toys R Us. You're going to
0: oh fine. too soon.
1: Wow, well, nice. Uh, I was thinking more <laughs> like the like a comic book store that would have more. Uh, how do I describe it? Cutting edge, new. Style games versus uh you know you're not going to get Monopoly or sorry or something like that,
3: yeah, I mean we'll we'll buy stuff there, but most of our gaming happens at home on our dining room table with friends and booze and food and asshattery and you know it's it's a good time it's an excuse to have some folks over and be a little more social than usual usual um but for me i'm I'm not the type to go out to a comic store and tabletop and Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. Sure. It seems seems fine, but that, that's not really my thing.
0: Not your bag.
3: Nah. Cool.
0: Besides, uh, like Jen said a couple of times, you can't drink at those places. Yeah, exactly.
1: You just got to be real sneaky about it.
0: <laughs> Plus, you're the old guy there. Um, not anymore. Yeah. Like, especially <laughs> when you go into the one in town and you see the the people playing magic and they're older than us. True.
1: True. Yeah. So I uh, I learned a new game probably about a month ago called Three Up Three Down. Uh, it's a card game uh, apparently very difficult to find. It, it's it's a discard game. It's in the realm of an Uno, but it is more maddening and crazy fast.
3: Hmm. Where
1: where you you complete an entire hand of cards, but then you've still got these three cards that are face down that dictate the next steps and it can totally take your seeming guaranteed victory and, and flush it down the toilet within mere seconds. It, it's a lot of fun. Played it with the kids, played it with some neighbors. There were adult beverages involved, which made it all the more better. But uh, I've been on the mish, on a mission to find the cards. It's not even something you can simply go to Amazon and find. It's difficult uh, to locate, but uh, I will find
2: them. I will. Well, have, you, have you guys ever heard of a game called uh, Up and Down the River? uh Oh no! No, uh, it's a it's a standard it's a card game that uses a standard playing deck. So I've only played it like twice in my life, but that it, it was pretty fun, pretty fun game. So
3: hmm.
1: up and down the road. I not know that. I don't know that one.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> so, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. Cause it look it up, about yep. it
1: up, Jay. I'm already looking it up.
2: Yep. Use the Google
1: <laughs> uh, to the internet's. Yeah. Oh. Uh yeah, uh, we so anyways, might find that one out. So, so cool. So everybody's got some kind of new vibe as of late. Like we definitely now we got to play Exploding Kittens, John. Now I just gotta mm-hmm. see it. I gotta check it out. Um, game. You said, Jen, that you've been a gamer all your life.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What would you define a gamer to be?
3: That's a slippery slope question, and sure. the reason is. <clears throat> There's a lot of people that define themselves as such. And I feel like it's a really broad term because you have people that...
0: Like musician.
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's there's varying levels of, of skill, of interest. Um, hardcore gamer gets thrown around a lot. And that typically gets associated with... You know, the Call of Duty Xbox kids or now these days the Fortnite kids could even be into that because it's huge money and people make entire careers playing these games. But I feel like you don't have to dedicate your entire life to playing games to be considered a gamer. I mean, if you're playing stuff on your phone or your iPad or, you know, web games or whatever, it, it all counts. But it's just, it, for me, it's the enjoyment of whatever um, that classifies as a gamer, and I'm, I'm sure some people would disagree with me, but that's my my personal definition of it.
2: Oh, can I ask you a question? And sorry, to interrupt, Jason, but what what was the first game that you remember? Because you, you said you started when you were like five years old. What was mm-hmm. what was like the first game that you remember? Kind of like really getting into video game? From- uh, yeah. Well, uh, what, you, when you said you were a gamer at five what was that what was at that time what was that was it a video game was it a card game what type of what type of game was that at five years old do you remember
3: that was that was definitely uh nintendo dad and i would play uh the earliest game i remember is maniac mansion which was an old you know old george lucas game and Mm -hmm. to this day i i still love it i've Played it and replayed it tons and tons of times. And uh, Rampage, also for Nintendo. Now a fairly decent movie. I, I was actually <laughs> not uh, unimpressed by it. Really? Yeah, I went in <laughs> expecting the worst. And I I got a decent, you know, crappy monster movie. It's, yeah, and The Rock, so I, I can't complain there. But
1: uh, Rock is solid. I mean, it's not like decent crappy <laughs> monster movie. <laughs> like uh any of the cloverfield uh universe past the original one that kind of crappy monster movie or
3: uh, I, i'm not a fan of that shaky cam stuff so right. for me it, it's more like a godzilla monster movie or the the old toho type stuff Got nice yeah. yeah
1: so i'm trying to think i'm I'm liking this question lance because i'm trying to think i mean the f- one i, I do want to define what 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 everyone else thinks is a gamer because i have my own thoughts on that um, but first game, well, so answer answer it by answering that question. Then I mean, well, you mean,
0: damn! Listen to Lance. <laughs> Somebody put on the big boy pants.
1: <laughs> I define a hardcore gamer as someone who dedicates the majority of their time to upping their skill set. They don't have to necessarily be like an esports professional or getting ready to play League of Legends at tournaments or anything like that. But someone who would much rather engage with a console or a PC of some sort than do anything else. That's what I describe as a hardcore gamer. A gamer in general, in my mind, is someone who just kind of explores lots of different things. Like you were saying, Jen, I might get into a a game on my phone for like three or four weeks and do nothing else but that and then walk away versus becoming like enamored with it and not be able to uh, function in a, Regular social setting, but I agree that there's so it's nuanced, right? It's it's so nuanced. But I would, I mean, I've played tons of games in my life, but I am by far, in my opinion, not a gamer. When I start thinking about the first game I remember playing besides the original twenty six hundred that I got when I was for Christmas one year, oh yeah, fancy. I mean, the first thing <laughs> I think of of a game that challenged me that wasn't a console game was Police Quest. I, That's I mean, a good one. That whole realm. And then we used to go over to, to Lance's because Lance had the other versions. He had like Space Quest and he had King's Quest and Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, Leisure Suit Larry. Oh, King's oh.
3: Quest. Yes. Uh,
1: and just I have pulled the uh I've pulled Police Quest off offline to play it before um probably in the last six months replayed the first episode of that. It's still kind of... You remember some of it, but it's still tricky. There's some timing <laughs> things in there. But uh, if we're going to talk uh, memorable first games of note on the Nintendo, uh, mine was uh, Blaster Master. And yes. shout-out yes. to Josh, who's also not on the podcast tonight because he's with his daughters at a Taylor Swift concert. Falling out. <laughs> Taylor Swift.
3: Tay Tay.
1: I mean, at Ford Field, like, I got to imagine that's one hell of a show.
0: I mean, oh I, yeah, it'll I, be it'll be entertaining.
1: Taylor Swift.
0: Anyway, um, yeah. I hope he enjoys the three hours of trying to get out of the parking lot after that. <laughs> you think it's
1: only gonna be three?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being conservative on that. Oh my gosh. I hope he brought a sleeping bag.
1: Right. Right. John, I mean, I, I don't remember you talking about games much, but you had to have had a few that were. I mean, did you go ColecoVision? Did you go old uh, Wizard? Of oh Wario? no, we. Uh,
0: I mean, we had uh, we had a twenty six hundred, and then we did get for, I think fifth grade Christmas we got the Nintendo, but we got the Nintendo with the Power Pack, uh, or geez. the Power Pad. Right, so we got to right. do all the little games, right? And stuff like that. And like the first game I actually saved up for on that was Metal Gear.
3: Oh man. Yeah.
0: And, and what I ended up doing, and it's before I even knew that they had a term for it was once you played it a couple of times, I finally got a really good speed run in on there. Uh-huh. Where I think I did it in like, I think 45 minutes or so. And that's like booking. Yeah. Which was also impressive because that's when like my mom was like. Sitting there, being like, "You can't be on that for more than a half hour." It's like, and I did the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> "Holy crap!" And I think it was that time too, because Mom's even like, "Wow, what? Oh, shit, okay, he's really good." <laughs> Lance, did you guys have a console at
2: all? Um, didn't have a console. We did. Uh, we did have a Atari twenty-six hundred. Uh, was really the only thing that I ever grew up with, uh, and I didn't really grow up with it, but. The the two games two games that I remember distinctly with those you know, playing in the basement, uh I think we had it in the basement, but um was Pitfall and River Raid. Oh Pitfall.
1: River Raid. Oh yeah. god, I love River that oh God River Raid.
2: So, so oh, that was uh oh. that, was, that was that was probably my you know, the biggest uh the, the biggest thing that I you know, remember as a kid and I, I definitely would not call myself a gamer because I didn't have I didn't have a Nintendo, I didn't have you know Sega, I didn't have anything like that after that. Uh, <laughs> after that it's 2600. So and I don't play a whole lot of games on my uh, on my phone or my uh, my laptop. The I I think the part the, of the last game that I kind of downloaded and played quite a bit was um uh one of the Star Wars um one of the Star Wars games that came out a few years ago.
0: Hmm. Um, like Knights of the Old Republic?
2: Yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't like it wasn't a, it wasn't a K, KOTR, but it was, it was in that realm. Like of,
3: galaxies or something?
2: Yeah, no. Well, I think Galaxies I played for a little bit, but, um, hmm. no, it was, it was more like a KOTR um, game, but it wasn't the, it wasn't that, um, that, um, that storyline, but, um, so, but yet I don't play a whole lot of games, video games, when it comes to that. So I don't know it, one game that I do remember, and I'd like to find it somehow. But it was I used to play it on the computer a lot. But um, I, I want to call it the name of it was Thexter.
1: Thexter mm. with a V.
2: No, Thexter with a T H E X D E R, and it was like a it was like a. Um, Side-scrolling um, anime type, or I mean, you were like a you were like a ship that transformed and.
0: Yep, that was right. Yep, you so. spelled it right too. Holy See, shit, Lance! I
1: thought you were trying to think of Zach and and were just really uh, that... spelling it badly. <laughs> right? Like, like really, like drunk bad.
0: No. Yeah, what you meant to say was Defender. Defender.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Tron game with the rollerball that made no sense, or the spinner yeah. dial. right? Ugh. Oh wow. Nice call. I played that.
2: Yeah, played that on the um, on our Tandy One Thousand. I think cause... Oh.
1: <laughs> we had we had golf on the Tandy the Tandy three thousand whatever the Tandies man Tandy was we, yeah, the...
2: we, we, we had the Tandy One Thousand it was the first like kind of mass produced non Mac PC
1: yeah good call yeah wow we, we are old. you can
2: only buy it you can only buy it at Radio Shack Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. yeah (laughs) you got it lance is winning the lance is winning this evening very well done very well done um uh so i want to talk about two other things specifically that we have jen with us and and one is kind of a i'm just curious because i don't understand it versus i'm kind of pissed um (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> All right. maybe i shouldn't answer no no i think i think <laughs> I you're gonna start with that
1: no i think i think it's i think it's my old manishness coming into play and i have caveat i have three kids and my two sons my oldest two uh i would describe as gamers yes the oldest one plays your fortnights and your like rainbow siege six and stuff like that but my middle guy will probably be one that ends up developing and, and building games um But that being said, I kind of want to talk and get everybody's opinion on the uh, professional gamer, which Mm. two years ago, three years ago, was not a thing that we talked about. And now with the combination of streaming capabilities and really colorful um, personalities and stuff like that and whatnot, what do you guys think of the – role of a of a professional gamer as a career choice and how long is something like that sustainable i look at i look at these i say kids like you're you know what's the biggest one i can think of is there's two there's uh ninja is the one everybody typically thinks about yeah and then the other one is is doctor uh, is the doctor disturbed doctor he's, he's a
2: dick he's just a dick <laughs> Dr. Disrespect. Yeah, unless yeah. he's, he's listening to the podcast. The
3: Truth man. and advertisement in the name.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, well, he, I mean, he's a,
1: I mean, they all describe themselves as either internet personalities or social media influencers or professional mm-hmm. gamers. So I'm just kind of want to get people's vibe. Jen, we'll start with you. Uh, is that a viable career choice or is it a right now, temporary? Flash in the pan. Yeah. So
3: there, there's a couple facets to this one this is not a new thing um professional gaming has been around for quite some time you had pc guys like fatality who uh he blew up and he still to this day has his own line of motherboards and uh sound cards and all that stuff that he's got um branded and i think for him that was the smart move because As he got older, I want to say he's in his mid-30s or, you know, older at this point. Uh, That sort of created his legacy, and he's been able to ride that post-career. He may still do stuff these days. I I don't really follow it, but um, that was back in the early 2000s, late 90s. And, of course, you know, there's always been stuff like land parties and mm-hmm. there might have been tournaments on the download that we didn't really know about people doing doom 2 and quake and all that kind of stuff um but these days there there's the now addition of youtube twitch the streaming the the always visible always on always gaming kind of thing where you can generate revenue when you're not doing tournaments and it's something that i'm still not hundred percent behind myself i'm i don't watch twitch streams i i don't get the let's play movement i understand it for the kids that want to watch it but for me i'd rather sit down and play a game myself than watch somebody else play it right mm-hmm. but the the tournament stuff is still pretty big i don't see that going away as long as games are a multi-billion dollar industry i mean there's money to be had in that sort of thing and so it's it's promotion for the brand it's promotion for anybody that wants to sponsor that sort of thing and so i I think that's going to continue but as a longevity thing for any individual playing it you're going to burn out at some point i mean you're going to get carpal tunnel you're going to be physically fatigued go outside you know it's it's a pretty hardcore thing, and anybody that's worked in games, that's done like QA testing and stuff like that. If you're sitting down playing a game for anywhere from eight to sixteen hours a day, you're you're tired, and so mm-hmm. this it, it's got a short shelf life, which I think um, that's why some of the kids focus on it so early on, and then by the time they hit mid twenties, they're done but yeah i I think it's still gonna continue to be big, and it's only gonna change as time goes on if v r continues to be a huge thing mm-hmm. if other new gaming technologies come out, it's just gonna evolve with the times mm-hmm.
1: i mean i kinda i i i agree i i mean my my level of competition for games was uh playing friends and owning them in certain games and then thinking i like held tech, that over like, them what's that tech, like Techmo tech mobile shut up lance yeah.
3: <laughs> hey tech mobile's awesome
1: Not, no one could lance lance, lance kind of owned everybody in tech mobile i <laughs> uh, if we're gonna go if we're gonna go there i he owned everybody in tech mobile i owned everybody in double dribble tucker owned everybody in Mega Man.
3: oh everybody
1: had that's a thing. tough one was, right it was a thing. I mean, but I mean, even to the point where the competition of playing your kids and owning them until a point when you're not laying them win, but they're doing pretty well, and then the next time you legitimately lost, and then that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, crap! Can't l- rely on those three s- plays in Madden anymore. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> So being a person that works for a game developer, and saying that you don't fully understand the the realm of that, in, in, in terms of the allure, right? And mm-hmm. we we know there's money to be made. Are we familiar with how much money there is to be made? I mean, I was looking at the League of Legends t- twenty seventeen World Championships. The entire this is going to sound bad, but the entire lineup was. Uh, uh, Kids from, from from China, Asia, Oceania, there wasn't a lot of uh, diversity in that group. Mm-hmm. But those kids are all probably could probably walk away in their mid-20s and not really have to work too much because yeah. if they banked mm-hmm. it. So that being said, do we, does anybody have a sense of how much money there is to be made as a player without a fatality endorsement deal, without Ninja signing with Red Bull or anything like that? Do we have a sense of what this could, a full-time professional gamer who obviously practices probably minimum 80 hours a week?
3: I think that's going to depend on what game you play and if you play solo or if you're with a crew. And a lot of these uh, esports guys are in giant teams and it's become like, you know, like a football or something these days where they have jerseys and they're all right. coordinated and they all have cool names and and uh I think once you split that down the the pot may get a little smaller, but I've seen competitions anywhere up to, you know, one, two, three million dollars per, you know, grand champion kind of thing, but the smaller ones I've seen here, $25,000 here. So it's... I mean, you win one thing in a year, and that's basically your salary.
1: Right. You're you're kind of covered.
3: Yeah.
2: Man, blows me away. I was never... Yeah, especially if you only have to buy one game for your console. (laughs) 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 Right.
1: And I wonder... Just get really good at it. Yeah, Yeah. and you wonder how many of them originally pirated that game. Ugh. And then then earn bucks on it so uh, speaking of cash and this is my rant and this is where you can put me down Jen if you need to Um, (laughs) I would like to know people's stance on uh, the thought of buying a game outright and being able to win unlock grow in the game through that initial purchase and experience versus in-game currency That every freaking game seems to have now where the game may be free, maybe a Fortnite, maybe a Roblox, maybe something like that. But every two or three days, you're looking at spending 20 or 30 actual dollars to buy things as inconsequential as skins or weaponry or advancements or anything like that. I just kind of want to get people's vibes. Didn't you it.
0: actually just post about this on Facebook, Jen? <clears throat> I
3: did. Did, and did you? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to dance around this a little bit because I'm going to say this is like my personal opinion and not yeah. as, you know, representative of my company and so forth. But for me, it, it's all about how much enjoyment do I get out of a game for the cost and so, taking Fortnite, for example, I play the the not-so-popular version, the uh, the co-op four-player yeah. against zombies. I've been playing it for a year, and so, for me, it didn't cost me anything. I was actually given a friend code, but I've played it so much over the last year that I don't feel very guilty spending 10 bucks here, 20 bucks there, whatever, for virtual currency, because when you think about it, let's say... You spend $60 on a game, you play it for 10 hours and put it away, that's an okay value. Or you play a free-to-play game, you spend 400 hours over the course of a year and you spend $60. Like, the value there is huge. So, it it's really, it comes down to the person. And for me, it I tend to spend money on things that... I know I'm going to spend a lot of time on. And in the case of what I posted earlier about Destiny. So I'm, I'm a huge Destiny 1 fan. I, I feel a little burned by Destiny 2. It just wasn't as good a game out of the gate. As uh, where Destiny 1 ended. And granted, it took them a long time to get to that point. Before they started the second one. So I... I can appreciate that things develop over time and get better and better and better. But for me, I spent $100 right out the gate for the game and the season pass. The season pass only covers year one. Now we're into year two as of next week. They want another $40 for the DLC. And then they've introduced a further $30 for another annual pass, which is three... DLC content updates of some unknown quantity and size. And for me, it it felt a little weird to collectively spend $170 for a game that I think one of my friends calculated and came back to me and said I played 52 hours of, which, over a year, that's not a lot. Right. And, and, and for me, it, because... I spent so little time on launch and with the first couple DLCs they put out, I'm a little hesitant to shell out another $70 for something when so far I haven't been super wowed by it. But mm-hmm. I'm willing to give it the time to grow and to get to the place where they were in the first game. But I think this time I'm just going to wait a little bit. Um but I, I guess for me, it, it feels weird because it's kind of like a good faith thing where you're, you're shelling out all this money, hoping it's going to be good. Right. And where you have, let's say, like a subscription model like World of Warcraft, you pay 15 bucks a month. If you don't like it after a month, you can stop paying. Whereas this is all the money up front. And right. you might be, may or may not be disappointed. I mean, some of my friends are already playing some of their new updates that dropped this evening and they're loving it. So, I mean, oh, I'll, I'll wait and see, but yeah, the, the nickel and diming just kind of hit me a little weird today.
1: Well, so think about think about this when we would buy a game that at the time didn't cost <clears throat> 50 or 60 bucks. When you were right. bored when you were bored of it, you switched to games, right? Most of the mm-hmm. time. Or you went and hung out at a friend's house that had something different, right?
3: Um,
1: uh, is it kind of like is it kind of like toys where you play with the toy for a while and then you put it away and then six months later you find it again? And you're like, oh, it's all brand new. Do you do you guys find yourself rediscovering older games that you, you just ah, forgot? Like I've just recently rediscovered Roller Coaster Tycoon.
3: Yeah, totally. Nice. All the time. And all like, the time. Now I want to make go. all your people throw up. Oh, yeah.
1: I'm getting really good at it. The other thing I need to find is SimCity uh, 3000. I need to find that one.
0: I always think of SimCity as I'm rewiring my pedal board, because it's the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm running the electrical lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running all running all the effect pedal wires. This is the plumbing.
3: <laughs> Solid. Yeah, for me, Diablo 3 is the one that I kind of keep coming back to. It And of course, it's coming out later again this year for Switch, which I'm, I will buy on a third platform because that game is super fun. But you leave it for six months and you come back and you're like, wow, I forgot how cool this was. And you play it for a month or two and then rinse and repeat.
1: There you go. Is there a game out there that you haven't played? I mean, so let's let's face it. Working for a software company, you probably have ins enough to try other games because you're
0: you're
1: you're developing mm-hmm. your own games and you you
0: definitely yeah, pick up gonna, competitors. You know, I was going to say, Jen, do they kind of have like the inside deals, much like the music industry?
3: Uh, I don't personally. I'm not that cool. Um, but if someone you know wants to gift me a copy of something, I'm not going to say no. And we've certainly gotten things here and there. Uh, just from friends and so forth, but gotcha. um, it, yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure it, it's an industry thing that happens, but uh, I buy games a lot. I play games a lot. I was playing PS4 stuff before coming up here this evening, so it's also, it's research for us, too, so
0: right,
3: it, it's good to stay on top of trends and see what's hot and what mechanics work in games, what doesn't work in games. Pitfalls we can avoid as developers and so forth. But yeah, I, I'm I'm always playing stuff.
2: Can I ask you a question, Jen? Yes. Oh, it, nope. you, uh, you just you did. Just, yeah. you just, so good. Yeah, at this you, just uh, yeah, you just mentioned. You uh, just mentioned PS4. But how many how many different um, consoles or do um, you do you normally either play on? Or, you know, kind of develop with you know, research on
3: so me personally i've got a little bit of everything um i was kind of an xbox fangirl the last generation with the 360 didn't really play ps3 a whole lot now this generation i've got the xbox one I, I don't play it as much but that's because it's not on a primary tv at the moment um i'm mainly ps4 but i've got a switch um, I do PC games sometimes as well, but I, I prefer for me, I, I prefer console at the end of the day after sitting on a computer. I, I don't really want to sit on a computer, Right. <laughs> but that's just, you know, I like being in my comfy chair.
2: Now, what is it? What is switch? I, know, I, I heard, heard you say that a couple of times. The but, that's the, uh, Nintendo. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. The, the old, the Wii replacement.
3: Basically, it's, it's really cool. The Wii replacement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Whatever.
1: I, yeah. I've I played it a couple times. Uh, it was kind of like, eh, no big deal. And then I played it again maybe six months later. Somebody had it at the office. I'm like, okay, I can see where this is now fun. It's kind of like, uh, uh, when did the... Sega came out with one way back in the day. The Nomad. Game Gear. No, it was the yeah. Nomad before that even. Well, the
3: Nomad was the one that played the full-size, full-size. cartridges. Yeah, I had one of those. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. sweet. Our fr- yeah, friend. Yeah, that was ours, actually
3: really cool. Yeah.
1: A friend of ours, Brian, actually bought one used, and then the the power supply was failing on it, uh, where you put the batteries in the back. So someone hardwired a AC adapter to it. And we used to sit there and just play uh, NBA Jam until mm-hmm. our fingers bled. And that's how I got to be good at that game on that little handheld.
3: Yeah, um, it's it's tough. I I don't play a whole lot of handhelds except when I'm traveling. Right. But it's the perfect thing for sitting on a plane.
1: I was just like, now you got me thinking. We just got a new TV, so we took the old TV down in the basement and connected it to – what's it connected to? It's connected to a Wii – uh it's connected to an old school Xbox and we started playing SSX Tricky again.
3: Oh, that's Ooh, one nice. of my favorites.
1: That's a cool game. Yes. I even with the codes on, man, I <laughs> I could play that game for hours. Yep. Hours. Holy crap. Now I'm gonna go play that after I'm done editing this tonight. There uh you know. my PS
3: three is dead. I can't play it anymore. I'm so oh, sad.
1: It's 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 over, it's had it. Yep. Oh man. Oh man so here's uh let's let's do uh how how the hell do you and john know each other through music endeavors i i I, she plays guitar dummy (laughs) she plays guitar dummies
3: yeah (laughs) they're like giant dummies with strings
1: right what kind of music do you play jen
3: a uh, little bit of everything. Uh actually this is fairly relevant. Um I've been a part of a band for about 2 months called Special Moves 2 which we do like metal versions of video game music. Nice. Really? Yeah, we just played a show on Saturday and it was our first show and so that was that was pretty fun.
1: Um this this is kind of relevant cuz we talked about uh chip music, chip tunes, uh, a few episodes ago. Um where people were repurposing like Game Boys and stuff like that to play music of the eight bit variety, but if you're talking about metal covers of video game music, w- mm-hmm. do you guys have mm-hmm. anything anywhere that we could listen to?
3: Sort of we've got like rough stuff that we used to learn the material. Sure. Uh, our lead guitar at our lead guitarist Adam arranged everything uh, himself, and it it's fantastic, but the the recordings are just super rough for sure. our purposes. I'm sure we can get something if we had to.
1: Nice. Very nice. Uh, any particular game genre that you guys like to play? I mean, are you, are you starting as traditional as everybody else to play like a metal cover of uh, Mario? Or do you guys uh, go deeper, not, deeper dives than that?
3: Yeah, it's a bit deeper dive. Um, it, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, the most recent song I think that we cover is... This One of the Skyrim songs. Mm. And uh, we we straight covered uh, Megadeth's version of the Duke Nukem theme, which is a lot Sweet. of fun. Nice. That, that's a great song to play. But uh, as far as our own arrangements, we've done some uh, Ninja Turtles, NES stuff, Golden Axe 2, Alien, cool, nice. which has mm. a pretty killer bass line in that one. Um, there's a Pokemon song, which I'm not super familiar with Pokemon, but I'll take their word for it. Right, um, and there's some others we, we have you know eight or ten at this point, but it's it's pretty fun, and then you go back and you listen to that stuff. you know you can go on YouTube and put in you know any old Nintendo or Sega game and listen to the music, and it's super involved, and it's a oh, lot yeah. of mm-hmm. like metal style leads that are they're pretty crazy and technical.
1: so I'll put a request out to your band. Yes, I got a, oh. a song. Um, this is already kind of metal-ish, but I think you could modernize it a little bit. There was a Turbo Duo, Turbo Graphic sixteen game called Gate of Thunder. The uh, you can go right on YouTube and find Gate of Thunder intro. Uh, that is a hell of a song on its own in its own right. You crank that thing up and
0: put some attitude behind it. That could be. That's, if I remember correctly, you could download that onto the Wii because I had it. You could,
1: yeah. Um, that whole song, like, I st- I mean, there's some video game music that just stays with you, but this one, I could, I, I know it. I know it right now. I can do the whole thing. Um, no lyrics. It's just all instrumental. Yep, uh, but But yep. if you've not heard it, I uh, I encourage you to check out Gate of Thunder.
3: Yeah, I will. I I love all that sort of stuff. It's really fun to play. And, Oh, and we, we do Ken's theme from street fighter, which nice. is pretty cool too. Yeah. That one's actually a little bit punk rock, but, uh, mm-hmm. nice. yeah, it's, it's fun.
1: That's sweet. Uh, man. Um, so before we, uh, wrap, because we're getting close to the end here already, cause time flies when we're talking about whatever, Yeah. Um, Here's a question. You, um, question for everybody. We'll start with Jen mm-hmm. since she's the guest. Oh, boy. Unlimited, yeah. unlimited budget is handed to you. You get to develop a game that's been on your brain without, I mean, you don't have to share the idea necessarily, or redevelop, reimagine an, an existing game that you've. Uh, loved your whole life or experienced or have good memories about what game is it and what is your twist that you would put on it and this is a question posed to everybody but I'm gonna start with the expert
3: I'm I'm gonna be really cliche for me and I would say that I would love to redo Maniac Mansion it's it's one of my favorite games it's one of the first things I've ever played to completion and it's so quirky, and I feel like in today's graphics, we could make it, not we, Bethesda, but we, like as a industry, could make something mm-hmm. that's super, super dark, almost like a, like an Outlast or um, Layers of Fear, Resident Evil, you know, all that kind of stuff where it, <laughs> it can be really, really scary. And there were parts of that game that legitimately were scary. As soon as the guy comes out and catches you and puts you in the dungeon, it's like, oh, crap. But it, it also had like a funny side to it. And I, I feel like there's so many talented people in the industry, writers, programmers, artists, musicians, that I feel like it, it would be awesome to finally be able to do that game a proper recent justice. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I would... I would just uh, go with my heart on that one. Heart on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bravo.
2: (laughs) Well done. Well
1: done. Lance, how about you? Unlimited budget. What are you going to do?
2: Well, I was just looking up. I wanted to make sure I had the the name correct. But uh, there's a game that came out in the late 80s that uh, was put out by Sierra online. (laughs) Um, Called uh, Manhunter New York. Manhunter New York. Yeah, it was a it was a um, similar to a police quest and you know s- stuff like that. Very very eight bit.
3: Um, Same developer
2: too. Yes. Yep. Oh. Um, yeah. And it was a the um, I'd probably want to do, redo that one because it Manhunter New York had a sequel. He came out the next year. Um, Manhunter San Francisco, but it was a kind of a post apocalyptic um, storyline. And it, I, I played that so much, and it was, I mean, it had some really neat, uh, you know, neat to, kind of puzzles behind it, and you know, some very difficult parts of it that, uh, you know, as a casual gamer, I mean, I wasn't really a, a, a big gamer, but I love those, I love those turn-based type, you know, uh, quest games like that, like *Police Quest* and *King's mm-hmm. Quest* and you know, stuff like that. So *Manhunter* was just kind of a, it was it was different from the it was different from those games but even though it was you know very similar um but it was it just had more of a storyline more of a cinematic feel to it and so um I, you know if i had if i had to or if i was poised with putting a you know kind of a remake t- together i would probably probably want to redo that one or Dexter i mean cuz i really love playing Dexter too so <laughs>
3: Now that we know about it,
2: now yeah. that we know about
1: it, and we can spell it. Time yeah, time to find some emulators.
0: You know what's really bad is that when, as soon as Lance was talking about Manhunter, New York, my just thought was somebody made a a game about like a group of cougars going for a women's weekend. I was
3: gonna make the joke that well, no, that's my nickname on each coast.
0: No, Man,
2: Man Manhunter, the, the movie, <laughs> is actually based on the uh, um, it's based on the Silence of the Lambs book. So, if you just look up Manhunter, just Mm -hmm. the movie, it's
0: a... I'm not really sure, given how Google AdWords works now, (laughs) that you want to type Manhunter in in (laughs) there.
3: Safe search on. Right.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. John, how about you? You know, I guess this would depend. I mean, because, like, if I could create something new off the bat, I don't know even why I thought of this, but... Like, because immediately when you said it, it would be like the last scene of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where they had that giant list of enemies that they're going to go to. <laughs> uh-huh. And then suddenly that treated as a role playing game where you have you have to go and dispense justice to everybody on that list. Nice.
3: That sounds awesome. You know, nice. and you
0: could treat it more in like a Final Fantasy kind of thing where you pick up all the people along the way um, and stuff. So you could do that. <clears throat> Or, I mean, in terms of a remake, do like a really, I mean, then it wasn't that bad anyway, Was do something like Suikoden, which was like a huge role-playing game, but it was because you had so many characters at your disposal. Yeah. But at the same time, in order to do certain things, you had to have certain teams of characters that would actually, because of everybody's skills, could actually work better together for things.
1: I could see that work. I could see that working mm-hmm. and have some hilarious consequences. <clears throat> right. I think that'd be pretty solid. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm stuck in the 80s and I'm stuck on two, and I don't know which one to pick. Um, one was an actual game, one was a theoretical game. The actual game, both were movies, uh, it was The Last Starfighter.
0: Oh, I was going mm. to. Th- I thought you were going to say E.T.
3: No,
1: my brain originally went to the the, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark for the 2600 and how maddening that freaking game was. Uh, It was either be the last Starfighter I would redo or Cloak and Dagger.
0: Mm.
2: Cloak and Dagger is a great... Uh,
1: Because Cloak and Dagger actually was started uh, as the movie came out. It was being developed for the uh, 5200, which was the, the... the console that everybody hated after the 2600 because they kept just iterating. It was 5200 and then 7800. But they never finished it. And it's one of those ones that's kind of in the video game lore, lore where you can't find, there's no screenshots, any of the artwork. It was just the concept um, yeah. of it. So I, I just kind of figured it would be something fun to have a 11-year-old kid become this, you know international man of mystery super spy end of the you know end all be all superhero type kid right stuck in like wichita or something like yeah. that i mean i just kind of there's something about that vibe just kind of it it, it it always resonated with me and now i gotta go find that movie because i'm gonna go watch that movie.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh you should go watch daryl while you're at it too or
1: uh, what was it? The uh, what was the Fred Savage with uh, Super Mario Bros. Three? The Wizard.
3: The Wizard. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Get, get yourself a It's so
0: oh, bad. Those things weird.
3: were so shitty. Oh yeah.
1: Man. <laughs> uh, speaking of shitty but hilarious, are, are you guys familiar with? Uh, I'm plugging people that will never hear this podcast probably. Uh, have you ever watched uh, a web series called The uh, Angry Video Game Nerd?
3: Oh yeah.
1: Okay. No. Uh, okay. Go find uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd, and I recommend starting with either the Power Glove episode mm-hmm. or Nintendo Power. Oh. And uh, those... T- I had a subscription to that. You'll Then you will love the ever-loving hell out of that episode. It's just... Uh, it's... it's uh, just go check it out. Go check it out. Lance, if you haven't seen it, you're an old-school gamer like the rest of us, you... Angry video game nerd. Jen, obviously. Jen, back me up. Is this worth their time?
3: Yeah, totally. It, and I can't remember if he he was the one that did this, but there was an episode of something to that effect for the Friday the 13th NES game. Yep, and, that's him. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard I was crying.
1: He did a three-part episode on the Ghostbusters game for NES <laughs> and how maddening. You thought E.T. was maddening? No. This game is maddening.
3: Yeah.
1: Just, oh. Well, I feel like Jen. I want to bring you back. I think I want to do cool. it, but I want to do it where we have to go out and do some homework. And we have to find some emulators and play some games. I have a couple on my computer where I've been playing uh, uh, Mr. Do. I've been Whoa. playing uh, Excite Bike because it just oh, that's Excitebike. one of my
3: favorites between yes. Mr.
1: Do and Excite Bike when my stepdad. Which- What's that? Do we? Would you say Lance? Oh, Lance is having Hello. some technical difficulties. <laughs> just you just say you're you're freezing and pausing. So what, what were you saying about Mr. doer exactly? I,
2: I didn't I didn't hear what uh, which ones you said. So. Oh, Mr. Oh. Dew.
1: So these were the two um, cabinet games that were at um, Holiday Lanes. Out by Frandor and Lansing when we grew up, and on Monday nights my stepdad would go and play in a league bowling league, and I would bring a sack full of quarters, and rotate between Mister Do and Excite Bike, and got really good at it. But I've been also been playing yes. emulators. I found one for Outrun. I found one for F Zero, Blades of Steel. Blades I've been playing F
3: Zero. Yeah, Have I've you? got the uh, the SNES Mini. Oh, the, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I might, I might have to go one of those. Man,
3: yeah. I lost
0: my original one. It, it must have been yeah. gone in one of my college moves. Yeah. That's a
3: shame. Yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, you probably don't have a TV that would work with it anymore. It's anyway. probably true, too. <laughs> yeah. Continue. That's the downside. I've, I've got a Commodore 64 in the box that I can't even test to see if it works because I have nothing I can hook it up to.
0: Right. Commodore, Goodwill doesn't even have, it, have anything close.
1: Yeah. Commodore 64 needs the channel 3, 4 UHF splitter. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we can make this work. Roadster. I don't
3: have a TV that actually has RCA inputs anymore. Everything's HDMI or I know, have, whatever.
1: So I have a, a switch box from oh, Radio cool. Shack that's all RCA inputs, and the out. the most modern thing is an S-video out. Yep. An S-Video, you can get an S-Video to HDMI adapter. You can make it work.
3: uh That sounds like... It's a lot of workaround. work around. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But at the moment you... are too lazy for that. You yeah, fire yeah, just fire up. see if it works. <laughs> the moment you
1: fire no, it doesn't up you work, music,
3: crap. you're like, oh. This yeah. Is totally I just spent $20 it. on cables and this doesn't <laughs> right. work.
1: And adapters. <laughs> <laughs> there is a meme out there where there's a will, there's a way, and it's like 17 different adapters all smashed together to get like, from 1978 to 2014 to get it to Pong
2: work on a TV. And a Samsung 50 UHD.
1: No, because this makes exactly. me think of ColecoVision where you had the the joystick controller, but it had the, the keypad. Yep. And you slid in the little overlays. That's how we used to play... Uh, was it, it wasn't was it Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons or where you you'd go through these caves and fire arrows and was was it not Dungeons and Dragons? Damn it, I can't remember. I used to play this. Uh, here's a name from the past, uh, Chris Bellinger. Oh yeah, we used to play that in his basement. That and pro wrestling on NES. Yeah. We had the the lizard guy and the guy with like the star mask. Do you remember this? Oh god, I'm I'm going to go deeper anyway. So here's here's my thing. We we will definitely be in touch. I feel like we'll have to do some sort of homework thing where everybody's got to find like one link to an emulator somewhere that has a classic game and we have to discuss the uh, the experience of playing that game, but uh
3: so That'd it's like cool. a book club. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Just Nerd a lot, more, lot, more, yeah. swearing. A lot <laughs> right. more swearing. A lot
0: more swearing. A lot more swearing.
3: Yeah. Well, if you take it one step further, I, I do a charity thing every year and it's a 24-hour gaming marathon. And every year I I challenge people to give me things to do. And usually that ends up with like horrible consequences. So I, right. I invite you to challenge me to things and that can... You know, be part of the emulator or whatever just play horrible bus. things, yeah
1: we uh I think there's a guy at work who did that. they they did twenty four hours and they raised money for the uh, in in Michigan in Children's miracle Network. That's
3: it. yeah, yeah. i'm on what's, I'm on my seventh year. What's so. it called? It's oh, called wow. It's called extra life.
1: Extra life. yeah, it's exactly yep. what those guys played. And they would yep. rotate. They were playing console games, rotate to PC games. To Tabletop, they, they actually hosted it at mm-hmm. my place of work, and there was just 24 hours of, of pure caffeine and pizzas being delivered every hour or so. They just they that's went it. hardcore. I, yep. I feel like we could do that. They, they also did Desert Bus two years ago just because they wanted to be punished.
3: <laughs> yeah, mm. that's usually what happens. The more years you do it, you start thinking of gimmicks to, to raise money, and mm-hmm. usually that ends up in some sort of self mutilation of the mind right. and soul. I feel like but, you, you know. have to play
1: only NES games and you have to remove either the A or the B button from your controller.
3: It, precisely. Yeah. 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 Like, crap, I can't jump at all. There's a wall right at <laughs> the
1: beginning. I kind of boned until I run out of time. Oh man. Yep. Well <clears throat> extreme thanks to to Jen, our our guest from From the East Coast, Uh, thanks to John and Lance for being a part of the craziness again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Any parting words as we as we roll out on episode thirty-three of forty-ish and numbers and stuff and junk?
0: Oh, that's right. We never actually announced that because you were still crying about Kid Rock. (laughs) Listen, just get us into Kid Rock, John. It was nineteen ninety freaking nine. I mean, I saw. Hey, when when he's around, I will see what we can do. But somebody's gotta probably get
1: sitter. Uh, that goes both ways.
0: No, no. See, I can I can work that around when they're at their mom's.
1: Uh huh. You're gonna call up Kid Rock's <laughs> promoter and say, "Can you move it a weekend?" Yeah, but see, I can and, do that where Not Jason Krause, but one of his other. Who? Jimmy Jimmy Bones was any of the other guitarists for Twisted Brown I think so. uh, He was one playing <laughs> on playing stage. There Kenny Olsen. Kenny Olsen. Uh, yep. He was the one who was playing uh, up at the torch at the sandbar during my bachelor party weekend. Yep. And they were having so much fun and imbibing so much that they played the same song three times. Well. So, back to the team. There you go. So. Well, my thanks once again to John, Jen, Lance. This has been another episode of 40-ish. Uh, mm. If I don't talk to you before, we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Game over. Uh (laughs) The question is, do I leave it
0: in or do I take it out?